Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to read two verses this week, not the whole passage down to verse 6 or 7, but verses 4 and verses 5, because that's really going to be the center of what I'm going to talk about today. And what we'll be discussing today is destroying strongholds. And he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means that we're talking about spiritual warfare here. We're talking about principalities and powers in high places, in the air waves, if you please. The spiritual realm is what he's talking about. And he says, the weapons that I'm talking about, they're not carnal. And he says, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what we're talking about. How to pull down a demonic stronghold or just how to pull down a stronghold. Maybe you have formed a stronghold. Now, maybe Satan and I showed you in week one how Satan implants thoughts into our minds. Now, the devil doesn't make us do anything. But he's very powerful, and you remember this. If the devil is powerful enough and persuasive enough to talk angels out of heaven, what do you think he can do to you and me? You're talking about angels that have been in the presence of God. You're talking about angels, according to the Bible, that were standing around and clapping for joy when God spoke this earth into existence. And that old boy, Satan, Lucifer, Slewfoot, because he hates anything that God does, he's in rebellion against God, he is persuasive enough and consistent enough to talk angels. The Bible says one-third of the angels right out of the presence of God. Now, we learned that the devil is responsible for placing those birds of thought into our mind. But then we begin to act upon them because as human beings, <laughs> we're always looking for a way to justify ourselves I'm still in a search for that one diet pill. You just take it and you're just automatically, you know. You can eat all you want. Go to the Chinese buffet. I found a good one, by the way. Brother Will and I did last Sunday. It's over there in Sevierville. And uh, it was good. It was better than good. Sakura? Was that Sakura? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to advertise for them. You might go there and it might be a, a bad experience, but we had a very good experience. Someone had told me about it that liked to eat and I trusted. I don't trust skinny people when it comes to telling me what tastes good and what doesn't taste good. But I will trust fluffy people. <laughs> when they tell me, hey, you need to go try that. It's really good. The first thing I do, I look at them. If they're skinny, I ain't believing it. Because skinny people hate food. Anybody that has enough willpower not to eat 
and then try to convince you that they like food. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, how'd I get off on that already? The strongholds. <laughs> Maybe we've identified a pastor's stronghold here. <laughs> but the devil will implant that thought. You already see how the devil could get me. He would talk me out with a donut, wouldn't he? He probably would, probably would. Uh, thank God. God's got a hedge about me. Amen. Uh, <laughs> got a hedge, <laughs> edge about me. All right, now let's get to this verse 5. Casting down imagination. So that's what he's talking about. Something going on in the mind. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So he's dealing with thought life. He's dealing with something going on in the mind. And the Bible, there's a principle. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And what he, what he, what he means by that is how you think about things create emotions. Because the heart is another word for the soul or the seat of emotions. And then those emotions drive your behavior. You say, can you give me an illustration? Yes, I can, and then we'll pray. Again, I'm going back to food. <laughs> if I have a bad experience at a Chinese buffet, that begins to change my thinking about that location, which creates emotions in me that I'm not happy. And it will drive my future behavior that I ain't ever coming back. Because <laughs> the way I think about the place. You say, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> Absolutely. And so these 10 years I've been in a search <laughs> for a good Chinese buffet. Now, if you want good Chinese food, Emma's up here is, is pretty good, you know. It's not bad. And we're back on food again. You can tell I had oatmeal for breakfast. But I had two pieces of sausage on top of that. It was good. We're good. Now, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to bless this. And hopefully I can quit talking about food. And we'll get into the message on how can we destroy these vain imaginations that we tend to exalt above the truth of the Word of God. That's when they become dangerous. And we run there. We know what the Bible says. But we've had this experience, or we, we have this particular thinking, and we exalt it. It becomes idolatrous. And the whole time the devil uses us and uses it to keep us from being effective for Christ. Now let's pray, and we'll get into this, do a little review. We'll get into it. Our gracious Father, we come. We thank you now. Lord, help us today. Uh, Lord, help us to pay heed to the Word of God on how to destroy strongholds so that we don't elevate anything above you because that would be idolatry. And Lord, we understand that the sin of idolatry is very grievous. And help us, like the Bible says, not to set up idols in our heart and then put them before you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. 
What is a stronghold? That was the first message. We're on things that are sound doctrine. And we, then we preached on how to abound in the Christian life because we're supposed to be abounding and growing. But then we got into roadblocks. What could hinder us from growing in grace and knowledge? Which we called strongholds. A stronghold is something in your mind that you believe and act upon, but is not always true. So it's, it's something that you're thinking. It's, it's how you think. It's something that you believe in and you're acting upon it, but it, it's not necessarily true. It's, it's relative. It's not an absolute. We call that a vain imagination. In this context, it's a developed thought. It's something that you've put enough time to present or to form an argument if someone was to challenge you. We would call that calculated thought. That's why that principle is so important to understand. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 2, or 12, actually. Or that verse is, there's a way which seemeth right. There you go. Let me get with the notes instead of just going on. There's a way that seemeth right. There's that reasoning. There's that calculated thought. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. When you elevate your vain imagination above the written word of God or the knowledge of God, it can only end in death for the individual. A bad stronghold is a faulty thinking pattern based on lies and deception. So then the second message in that series was how to identify a stronghold. And I gave you about four or five points. If your mind keeps focusing on a particular event from the past in a negative way, like maybe you got into an argument or maybe somebody did you wrong, and so you keep running that over and over and over in your mind, thinking about what you should have done or what maybe you'll do the next time somebody dares go down that pathway with you. And you justify yourself and you put a chip on your shoulder. That, that's, that's a stronghold. And I caution you, a lot of times people will have those strongholds in their life because someone in church has hurt them in the past. And so what happens, they premeditate, they, because we're creatures of patterns, we pick up patterns, we can see them very easily. And if someone goes down that path again, we immediately are going to jump on the offensive with them. Now that person might not be doing what you think they're doing. But because we've thought so much, we've been thinking and it's created that emotion of defense mechanism in us. I ain't ever going to be walked on again like that. It drives the wrong behavior. And it's a stronghold. And you justify yourself. And, 
And uh, you don't care what the Word of God says on how we're to treat one another or to be forgiving to one another. Uh, oh, you don't care about that. That's a stronghold. Point two, if you're committed to a course of action that is contrary to Scripture, if the Bible is so very clear on what you should be doing and you say, I'm not doing that, you have a demonic stronghold. If you resist the Word of God, the preacher preaches, or there's a verse of Scripture that is read, and it immediately, the Holy Spirit uses it and pierces your heart, and you know that you're contrary to that, and you resist it and say, I don't care. You have a stronghold. If you focus on the actions of others to defend your behavior, everybody else is doing it. It's the thing to do. You have a stronghold. If you are defensive when biblically confronted by spiritual leaders, and that's part of my job, I'm to preach the Word of God. I'm to reprove. That's confronting, ain't it? <laughs> I'm to rebuke. That's very confronting. And I'm to exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but heap to themselves teachers having itching ears who shall be turned away from the truth. So if you get defensive when confronted by a spiritual leader, and part of that happens during the preaching time, and, and I, I got news for you. If you'll take the time to make every service you would rarely ever have to have a one-on-one -on -one session or a counseling session. Rare. I mean, it could happen. And I'm available for that. But if you'll just get involved and get under the preaching, the Holy Spirit of God, if I stay in tune with Him, will run me across the issues you're dealing with, and the Holy Spirit will confront you with those issues during the preaching. And if you can just keep a sober face, not let me peer into your soul and be able to discern you with the Word of God, I won't know nothing about it. It'll be just between you and God. <laughs> and that'll be great. But sometimes I go fishing because I like to fish. And the Bible is very powerful. It's a discerner of the intents and thoughts of the heart. I was sharing some of that with the boys' class this morning. And I just sit there and I begin to tell them what they were thinking and how they were feeling. Kind of shocked, wasn't you, Christopher? That I probably knew more about what was going on in there than he thought I knew. <laughs> you say, How? Well, because most people forget a very important element, body language. It's the true form of communication. But allow the Holy Spirit to confront you. Don't get defensive. Take it and ponder it and let the Lord work with you. How about your mind holds an unscriptural ideal? Oh, yeah. We could go on for days on issues like this. Let me give you one. I'll just give you one, and it deals with the gospel. Boy, there's a lot of different opinions 
on the gospel and how to get saved. Matter of fact, there's a lot of different denominations on their approach to how to get saved. But the Bible is very clear that there's only one way. Now, the Bible is also clear that there will be other people that would pervert that. Now we're back to the devil. Because the devil, he, his realm is deception and lie. And he'll try to talk you out of the right gospel. Now, the Bible's real clear that for by grace are ye saved. Now, that's real clear. He, he, if it was some other way, he, not of works. So there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. So sacraments, water baptism, keeping the law, joining church, these are works. But they're not going to save you. Now, there are things that we do, but they should be done after Salvation, you don't work your way to the cross. But if you're holding an unscriptural idea like, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't believe that. I believe you got to be baptized as an infant. I believe you got to take weekly communion. I believe, well, that's fine. You can believe whatever you want. But that's an unscriptural view. That's not Bible. Somebody has perverted something. You would have a stronghold if you don't care what the Bible says. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, thou shalt be saved. Wow. For with the heart man believeth, unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, that, I'm, I'm quoting Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. That is the doctrinal way to get saved. I didn't see no baptism in that. I didn't see no church sacraments in that. That is clear, sound, scriptural reason and way that a person, if they believe something different... It's an unscriptural view. It's not right. And that person, that's the very definition of a demonic stronghold. Many, many people deal with these. Now let's get into today. How, preacher, do I destroy a demonic stronghold? How do I begin to work on the side of God and destroy this stronghold that's ruining my life. Number one, there's going to have to be acknowledgement on your part. You're going to have to admit, acknowledge that something's not adding up. That is the biggest step when you're dealing with people that have problems addictions, any types of problems, that's the biggest step that most people have to take is acknowledgement. What I mean by that, 
is confession. That means you're going to have to agree with God. And God never goes against His Word. So when you're biblically challenged and you say, I don't know, you better hold up. Because this Bible also says, let God be true and every man a liar. Now that's not flattering. Well, of course it isn't. But we're talking about people wanting to take an imagination. An imagination is something that's not real. A vain imagination means it's really not real. We call it fantasy. We call it all kinds of stuff. But then we elevate it above God's Word. That's a serious problem. And how to destroy one is first you're going to have to acknowledge but then you're going to have to confess. And that word confession, as we find it in 1 John 1, 9, means to agree with. I'm going to have to agree with God that I've got a stronghold. And so the Bible says, if we confess our sins, yes, demonic strongholds are sin. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's going to take acknowledgement on your part and my part. We're going to have to agree with God that we've got a problem. We're elevating how we're thinking, what we're acting upon, what we believe above the written word of God. And then we need to confess that. Acknowledgement. But then, you're going to have to go on offense. Because our text told us that the weapons of our warfare, warfare is about action. Going on offense. Preemptive strikes, you know, we're, we're hearing wars, rumors of war. We got Russia that's posturing to invade Ukraine. You don't really want to hear my thoughts on that. We're not going to get into that this morning. Okay? But spiritually speaking, you're going to have to go on the attack. You're going to have to go on offense. And here's what you need to understand about this spiritual warfare that you and I battle daily. Take your Bible to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13. Scripture says this, And you, talking about us, being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together. He's talking about getting saved. That word quickened means made alive. With him having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now let's read on. And having spoiled principalities and powers, that's that spiritual realm, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now what your Bible just said, and you need to get this in your thinking, 
if you are saved, this Bible says, number one, you're an overcomer. You're not a victim. I know we live in a world that everybody wants to be a victim. And that thinking is dangerous thinking because when you continue to view a situation or a problem that you're in like you're a victim, it will demoralize you and keep you from taking the right kind of action. You are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. And if I had more time, I'd have you repeat that. I am a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I'm not filling your head with positive thinking. This is Scripture. This is Bible. We live our lives like we're losers, and we're not. You are an overcomer, and you can overcome the devil and spiritual wickedness in high places because Jesus has already got the victory. There is nothing that you face in your life that should get the better of you over the long haul. You might lose a few battles with it, yes. But over the long haul, you can overcome it. If you have believed, if you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, if you're truly born again, you are an overcomer. Satan has no standing in your life except what you give him. That's why Ephesians chapter 4, about verse 32 says, Neither give place to the devil. We should never allow the devil to build a bird's nest of thought in our mind. And it can only happen if you give him a little space to work from. This battle is spiritual. It is in the mind. And let me give you something that will help you go on the attack with what is going on in your mind and in my mind. It's something I've used many times, and it does work. Now, it's not the magic pill. It's not a one-pill and all of a sudden, you're magically delicious. <laughs> As in, you're, <laughs> you're at the perfect weight and all that stuff. But it does work. Now, one of the things I've learned in these last few months is therapy is important. And therapy does work. I know none of us like therapy. Because it's physically demanding. <laughs> but therapy works. Take your Bible to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Just turn to the left if you was in Colossians. I want to give you thought therapy. This is how you go on the attack against a demonic stronghold. Thinking, the wrong kind of thinking that is saturating your mind. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been abused. That's all very possible and it's all very bad. It's all very wicked. But I tell you, the devil is so wicked and evil that he would use something like that against you to keep you from being what you should be for God. You say, preacher, you don't know my situation, what I've been through. I, I probably don't. I, I probably don't. 
I'm learning at 52 years old, I've lived a pretty sheltered life. My parents protected me from a whole lot of stuff. And there's some things that you all have had to deal with, even our children has to go through, that I, I, I've never even thought in a bad dream. <laughs> a nightmare, let alone they're dealing with it in reality. Or maybe you've had to deal with in reality. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't had bad things happen to me. I've had some pretty hurtful things happen to me. And let me tell, show you how to go on the attack to change the thinking which will create different emotions in you which will begin to drive your behavior for God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. This is called thought therapy. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, I could stop right there. Be careful about any thought process that you have that you do not know to be true. I didn't say what you thought was true. I didn't say what you perceive that you think is true based on what you see in front of you. You do understand that you could see something but not be in the right context and be totally off on what actually was going on. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. When you begin to think things through in your mind, the first time your thought begins to build upon something that is not true, everything that you think after that will also be untrue. You need to begin to train your mind. Only think on true things. Now, that's helped me. That's also protected me, but it's also helped me not to become venomous against people because people talk. And people will come to you and say, Preacher, did you know so-and-so? Here's two things I do. When somebody tells me, they're telling me something about somebody, they said, but don't, don't tell no, nobody and don't tell them I said anything. If they're not willing to put their name on it, I generally throw it out because it's probably not true. And I will not spend time thinking about it because if I don't know it to be true, I'm not wasting time thinking about it. Why? Because it poisons the mind. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatever you're trying to think, you better make sure it's true. I mean objectively. Facts in the right context. Well, I know so-and-so. If you go away thinking, probably some of you will watch me play the piano, and I look like I'm mad. This is my happy face. This is me when I'm done eating at a great Chinese buffet. Pretty good. Not bad. Now, most people walk away and say, man, that dude's mad. Watch out. You're thinking something that's not true. And you could build a whole scenario like, I just don't like that preacher. He's always got a mean look on his face. My mom used to spank me for having a mean look on my face. I come out that way. 
There was troubles in my birth, and they pulled me out with forceps or something, Mom said. They messed my little head up. That's why I ain't bald. We can, I got a lot to be bitter about. <laughs> you got you to gotta let it go, man. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. All right. If you don't know it to be honest, if it's a half-truth, it's not worth wasting time thinking about it. Whatsoever things are pure. Yeah, don't be laying around thinking about how you're going to verbally beat somebody. That's not pure. Deal with things in the moment and move on. Don't sit and plot and try to get revenge. Then you go back and rehash it after you've had a little time to think. Not good. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. Now, let me tell you about this. Your mind is not going to want to think about things that are true, honest, lovely, and of good report. And as soon as it happens, you got to stop it and say, I will not think about that. I'm going to think about the goodness of God. And I got news for you. The first few times, the first week, it, it's going to be hard because you're going, your mind's going to drift right back into the negative thinking pattern. And it's a therapy. you got to do it. you got to train yourself to do it every day. If not, you will never destroy that stronghold. And it, its results are bitterness, evil thinking, and it'll totally destroy you. The Satan uses that place to launch an attack and totally destroy you. And you will be a vessel of dishonor for God. All because of a thought pattern. This is thought therapy. This is very powerful stuff. It's true. And that's how you go on the attack. But then approach God. i got to hurry now. You need to approach God. Here's what I mean by that. Don't settle for a distant relationship with God. It's not going to work. I'm going to give you a verse of Scripture that backs that up. Talking about getting close to God does not work. Oh, preacher, I'm going to be, I'm going to get in church. I'll be there. <laughs> you mean well, but talking about it don't get it done. Attack, warfare means action. You're going to have to start toward God. Let me give you the Bible, biblical. I'm going to back this up scripturally. James 4, 8 says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Did you catch it? If you don't ever get up off the couch and draw nigh to God, He ain't moving. It's a quid pro quo. We miss these things in the Word of God. You want to know why? You want to know why Christians miss this stuff? It's because their thinking is a thinking of entitlement. We're goofed up on grace. And we become hyper-gracers. God's just going to give me everything. 
Okay, I'm sitting here. I'm going to lay around the shack till God's mail train comes back. And I'm rolling in the sweet spirit's arms. Yeah, rolling in the Holy Spirit's arms. Yeah, rolling in that Holy Spirit's arms. Oh, I lay around God's shack till the mail train comes back. And I'm rolling in God's Holy Spirit's arms. Yeah, those aren't the real words of that song. You didn't know I knew that, did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have an entitlement mentality that God's got to come to us. That's prideful. God, see, that's anti-scriptural because Scripture tells us you got to draw nigh to God. Then He's going to draw nigh to you. He'll meet you halfway. Then he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. All in the context of Christians. But the principle I want you to get, nothing will change until you approach God. And you should not be happy with a distant relationship with God. i got to stop here and just do a little bit of preaching. This pandemic has created a lot of demonic strongholds in people's minds. People do not mind to risk COVID to go shopping. People don't mind to risk COVID to get their hair done. People don't mind to risk COVID to get their nails done. People don't mind to risk COVID to go get their groceries on. People don't mind to risk COVID to go to work. But buddy, when it comes Sunday morning, I got to be safe. I can't risk COVID for the gospel's sake. I'm so spiritual. Just me and God so close, preacher. You ain't been to church in a year. You're backslid. And you got a demonic stronghold and the devil has got you thinking that you need to stay safe. You'll risk COVID for anything else you want to do. You go to Dollywood, Wonderland, whatever they call them things. Any concert you want to go to. It comes to Sunday morning. Oh, I might get COVID. You've been vaxxed. You've been boosted. You've been super boosted. You've been germexed. Your pamper's been changed. But there ain't no way I'm going to risk COVID for the gospel. You've got a demonic stronghold in your life. And there ain't nothing going to change <laughs> Until you draw nigh to God. You're going to have to change your attitude. Humility. The Bible tells us to humble ourselves before the Lord. We're going to have to submit. And yes, you're going to have to put humility on like a garment. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, you younger... Submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed. He uses the word clothing. Why? He wants us to get the mental picture. You got to put it on. Be clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. What time is that? When the devil's working on you, that's what time. 
you need to be in agreement to God's commands. You need to appreciate God. We're in Philippians. Hopefully you haven't moved. Look with me here in verse 6. Now this is scriptural. And I hope you don't have an ideal or a belief or a thinking that is contrary to this. He says, be careful for nothing. That word careful means be anxious. We, we understand what anxiety is, correct? Be anxious or be careful for nothing. That means we should never let anxiety overcome us. I don't know about you, I've had some pretty serious anxieties. I got it. <laughs> Not when it comes to a Chinese buffet, though, but I'll risk COVID for it. <laughs> he says, be careful for nothing. That means don't let anxiety overcome us. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, there's your attitude, let your request be made known to God. Trade your care and worry for prayer and praise. I noticed something in here this morning. The praise, the singing, wasn't what it should be. I'm telling you that, folks. Your singing, your praise, your worship's not where it should be. It should be a little louder. Uh, it could be the time of year. It could be. I'm not trying to slap you around a little bit about it. But I will tell you, I can tell spirits are down. Now, we're all dealing with a lot. I got it. I got it. But this is praise and worship time. We're letting anxiety overcome us to the point that we won't praise and pray the way we should. And it's because we got strongholds. We need to turn to praise instead of self-pity. We need to turn to gratitude instead of griping. We need to turn to blessing instead of bitterness. Now here's why. The next verse. Verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep. You see that word keep? That's a reference to fortress. God will keep you. When you do what God says, God will let you run to a fortress of His making that He will keep you in to protect you from the devil. And so we need to obey God and God will send a garrison of angels to protect us. We don't tap in to the power of Christ because we allow demonic strongholds to rule in our life based upon wrong thinking. And then those, that thought thinking thought process, calculated thought, turns into anxieties because we build this big monster scenario 
And it depends on what kind of person you are. Are you optimistic or pessimistic? If you're a doomsday, you build all this doomsday. Death, destruction, die, run, hide. And you won't come out. And then you justify it. You calculate on that thought. And then you don't like to be biblically challenged on it. Oh, that's demonic. That's anti-Christ. This is how you destroy demonic strongholds. You're going to have to have the right attitude, right approach, confess it, acknowledgement. Then you have to go on offense. Thought therapy. It's biblical thought therapy. And then you've got to make sure your attitude, that's that emotion, because of thought therapy puts the thinking back in alignment. Do you understand that if your kidneys can malfunction, your heart can malfunction, they can receive wrong signals from the brain, your emotional side of you can malfunction. And it's important. You say, well, how do I change that emotional state? You've got to change the thinking. How do I change the thinking? Philippians 4, 6. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, make sure what you spend your time thinking is true. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, I didn't know if you knew that that recipe was in there, but it will change your life when you apply it. And it'll help you destroy those demonic strongholds that are controlling your life. Because you, if you're saved, are an overcomer. That's what the Bible says there in 1 John. We're overcomers. We, the Apostle Paul said that we are more than conquerors. We are on the winning side. Yes, we'll lose a few battles. Yes, we're going to have some issues. But we win the war. Let us all stand this morning.